Welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast. I'm Rebecca Lawrence and this is Voices. In this set of interviews, I will be focusing on issues of inclusion, diversity and allyship through intimate conversations with wine industry professionals from all over the globe. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps us cover equipment, production and publication costs. And remember to subscribe and rate our show wherever you tune in. Before the show, here's the shout out to our new sponsor, Ferro Wine. Ferro Wine has been the largest wine shop in Italy since 1920. They have generously supplied us with our new t-shirt. Would you like one? Just donate 50 euros and it's all yours. Plus, we'll throw in our new book, Jumbo Shrimp Guide to International Grape Varieties in Italy. For more info, go to italianwinepodcast.com and click donate. Or check out Italian Wine Podcast on Instagram. Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast with me, Monty Walden. My guest today is Matteo Acme, sales manager at which winery in the Marche region of Italy? What's it called? Filo di Vino. Filo di Vino, which is, um, how would you translate that? It's a great, it's a very good title when you talk about a filo d'olio. Is, is that the same thing? Yeah, like a filo d'olio? Well, it's a, it, it plays with different meanings. Uh, of course, it's filo of wine. Uh, uh, Alberto Gandolfi, uh, the owner of Filo di Vino, comes from the textile industry. Uh, so filo is also the translation for yarn, uh, and that's another uh, another meaning we play with. And of course, divino as divine. So if you um, ever come to Italy and you, you manage to watch a TV cooking show, and they when the chef pours a little bit of olive oil on whatever he or she is cooking, they say, un filo d'olio, a little, a little drizzle of, uh, of olive oil. There we go. So <laughs> welcome to the Italian Olive Oil Podcast. Uh, this afternoon now okay all righty so um you started working for the company quite recently what is your you're you're pitching to me verdicchio uh, in general and your wine in particular what's your sales pitch verdicchio is uh le marche region uh with filo divino we are in the classical area uh, of uh, castelli di Iesi verdicchio and we want to express the place where we, where we are located, which is San Marcello, very close to Iesi. Verdicchio offers us uh, many possibilities, a very versatile uh, grape with deep roots in the tradition of uh, Le Marche in the region. And our idea is interpreting Verdicchio in, in our own way, finding our uh, identity um, and expressing the different potentials of Verdicchio through diff- different wines. So when you came to the winery for the first time for your interview, um, did you know the wines already or did you taste them for the first time uh, uh, at that point? I, I got prepared before the interview, so I tasted the wine before uh, going there. Uh, and uh, at, at, at the first glance, I was amazed by the, the freshness, the minerality, uh, the vertical uh, style of the wines, um, especially the the superiore matto, the uh, Castelliesi Verdicchio superiore, and the filo di vino produces. And then I got there, uh, and then uh, and I understood how how came Alberto Gandolfi, the owner, uh, decided to establish his winery there. And it's a very uh, amazing uh, place, you know, a steep hill uh, surrounded by other. Verdicchio and olive oil producers, uh, but quite wide open. Almost it has almost a 360 view, 
And it happened to me something similar to what happened to Alberto when he, he was looking for a wine for a place where to establish his winery. Uh, with, his friend, with his friends, he was traveling around Italy in Piemonte, in Tuscany, and then he arrived in that specific place, and well, he fell in love uh, with the place itself, and uh, he understood what he wanted to do was uh, trying to, well, first of all, uh, getting to know deeply uh, that area, that place, and then share that beauty with as much people as possible. I mean, um, some people would say, I mean, that is a great sales pitch, but I think what you say is absolutely true. Um, I think it's a very underrated region and the farming there, not just for wine, is, um, I think, very carefully done. And it's, there's no, it's, it's not a coincidence that the Marquet has um, the highest percentage of organic vineyards, um, one of the highest in the, in the world, actually. It's around about 30% of the vineyard area there is certified organic or, um, organic or biodynamic. So um, it's, an, it's an area that you can be creative with, I think, um, as, a, as a wine grower. And I guess that's why your boss and his um, shareholders decided to invest there. And I'm sure you're going to be able to explain this a little bit more. I mean, would you, would you agree with that synopsis or not? Well, totally, totally. It's really uh, a, a beautiful place with a long farming tradition. Still, Marque is populated by many independent farmers, not only wineries. And there is a whole community of artisans, art, artists, simple people living there uh, in a very healthy uh, way. It's, it's a place that is, where we are located is 25 kilometers from the seaside, 25 kilometers from the mountains. And, uh, and yes, of course, uh, living in a, in a region where organic is such important, uh, it helps. For us, for Filo Divino, organic wasn't even a choice. I mean, no alternative was considered when Alberto established the, the winery. Since the beginning, they decided to go in that, dire- in that direction. They found in that place many hectares of 50 years old vines so the first work they had to do was try to rescue them to to get those old vines back to production uh, and of course low intervention organic way was the the, the, the only option at some point we uh, we saw alberto saw that organic wasn't actually enough in order to achieve the higher quality possible in that place to to, to have a a, a deeper relationship with that area, uh, we uh, decided to move uh, towards, a, 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 let's, let's call it homeodynamic approach to, to viticulture, taking the, the teaching of Steiner uh, about uh, considering the, the an holistic view uh, of, of winemaking, uh, considering the winery as part uh, of a network that includes, a global network that includes uh, not only ourselves and the community, but nature, and microbes, and all the natural uh, entities uh, that are part of the uh, part of the world. Um, we take that vision, trying to actualize it and doing what we feel it works at Filo Divino and in San Marcello, where we are. So, homeopathic preparation is something that we are experimenting with, obtaining obtaining good uh, good results so far with the idea, with the goal uh, of reaching uh, zero inputs uh, farming. I mean, uh, we would like, with time, of course, to stop using even those products that are allowed by 
the organic and biodynamic certification copper, for example. Uh, so we are working in that direction. So what kind of um, alternatives are you looking for plant-based sprays like, I don't know, seaweed or um, other plants uh, to use those as uh, sprays? Yeah, yeah. Different sprays based on natural uh, ingredients, natural preparation. For example, this is the time of the, of the year where we are facing risks of uh, oidium uh, in, the, in the vineyard. Uh, what we are using now is um, what we are spraying on the vines is an um, extremely diluted uh, preparation uh, of oidium, uh, diluted in um, um, dynamized water. And then we spray it uh, in the vines, uh, trying to push them, having a, re- a positive reaction and get prepared uh, if an oidium attack comes. It's a little bit like a vaccine, almost, kind of. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a kind of a vaccine. Yeah, uh, that's that's the idea. Uh, working on a balance uh, and preventing uh, diseases instead of uh, healing the symptoms. What about your neighbours when they hear you say um, we're just going to spray a little bit of oidium on our vineyards? Do they come knocking on your door with a with a shotgun, or do they think, oh, this could be quite interesting? <laughs> No, no shotgun so far. Um, it's something we are starting uh, experimenting. So, and it's an homeopathic preparation. So we are we are in good relationship with everybody. So okay, um, and um, yeah, just tell us a bit more about some of the other plants that you use. You don't have to go through all of them, but you've got like dandelion and borage and. Uh, um, what else have you got? Rapeseed. Oh uh, yes, and and we also have some uh, some uh, some spontaneous uh, indigenous plants like sulla. Uh, which is a nice red flower uh, able to fixate uh, nitrogen uh, in, the, in, in, in the soil. So we also, in past, we also push uh, indigenous plants uh, and use them as cover crops. So are you, are you sowing cover crops or are you letting um, the inter-row area between the vines um, also be spontaneous as well? So it's a mix of stone and wild. Yes, yes, depending on what we need and uh, depending on the rain and depending on the season, of course, and now the, the, the year go. Well, it's interesting to hear you say that. It's a little detail, but um, it's important to hearing that. It's, it's So you're basically, according to the season, according to the vineyard and the season, so the rainfall level or the heat level or whatever, you're adjusting your cover cropping program exactly to the what you feel is best for that particular situation at that particular time you're not just sowing the same stuff every single year it's great stuff very interesting yeah the idea is no having no protocols uh, and um, and trying to interpret it and go with uh, with what nature <laughs> says to says to us and uh, trying to cooperate when you before you came to the winery for your interview did you know some of these activities were going on was that what interested you or did you just turn up as a you know a, uh, just looking for the job and then when you got there you discovered all these exciting things were happening well uh, in in the past few years I, i've been working with um, uh, biodynamic wineries uh, and that's and that, that kind of approach is exactly what i was looking for uh, and first of all to, to to learn myself more and more about this and also, I, I really feel uh, motivated if I have to talk about and introduce 
this kind of uh, attitude towards winemaking and wine producing. Who did you work for beforehand, just out of interest? Well, uh, um, I was working with an Argentinian uh, winery before that, um, which is uh, Chacana and Incari, uh, these two brands, uh, and uh, I was in charge for uh, all the export markets of that winery. And anybody else? Oh, I, I had some little collaboration with other wineries, a little winery here in um, close to the market in Umbria, uh, but that's a very little cooperation I have with them. So the main the main uh, occupation was with Argentina and now with Filo Divino. So when you're going out selling um, and obviously um, explaining what you do to your clients and even members of the public sometimes, how do they react to when they when to when when they hear you explain exactly how the winery is is working in the vineyard? Are they interested by that, or are they not bothered? They just say, "Just tell, give us the wine, tell us the price, and we'll say yes or no." <laughs> That's a good question, and of course, I face uh, both reactions uh, and uh, and even worse. <laughs> but uh, I strongly believe uh, that. There are more and more uh, people, especially especially young people, uh, interest uh, interested in, in in this kind of in in alternatives and in uh, in a conscious uh, way of producing what we eat and what we drink. Um, my job is to go out and, and find them, <laughs> but they exist and they are looking for uh, wineries in this case or producers. Um, looking for their own uh, path and, uh, and producing wine with responsibility and with um, a new, I would say, or ancient uh, approach to nature and to winemaking. Do you, do you have critical um, people saying, oh, it's easy for this guy, he's got a lot of money, he's got an underground winery, he's just playing around with these little toys and these little plants? Or do people really take it seriously that this is kind of like where the future of farming in general and the future of wine growing in general is going? We believe uh, there is no alternative. More and more people is sharing the same point of view. And then, of course, we, we need to, to make it work uh, in, a fin- uh, in a financial uh, point of view. Uh, and we need to sell, to, 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 to keep going and to keep working. That's, of course, it's a very, very important part. Uh, but... What moved uh, Alberto Gandolfi to, to, to create all this, and also uh, almost immediately, as soon as he found the place, also established uh, a resort uh, in, uh, together with the winery, uh, was sharing and showing the, the, the beauty of that place. So with time, step by step, uh, one person and by one person, we would like to... to to show what we are doing there, to, sh- to show what we have, where we work and how we work. It may take time, uh, but we, we, we believe that's the, that's the right way. We feel, uh, and this is what we feel. There is no recipe, of course, and uh, we do not own the truth. Yeah, it's a good line. I mean, um, it's very well put, actually. I mean, if you look at, um, I'm sure you're aware of this, because you went to that conference in America a couple of years ago, a few years ago about biodynamics. You know, one of the first biodynamic estates I worked with was um, in California, and it was called um, with Jimmy Fetzer actually. And the idea there was to was to make a a vine garden where you have obviously your vineyard, which is your economic crop, and you also have um, food growing um, in an allotment on the on the property where your winery workers can also eat and get something positive out of it. And and the idea there was 
not only is your estate sort of terroir driven, but your staff are as well. And you are by eating as much of your own food that you generate on the territory yourself. So um, I'm sure those kind of ideas have, have crossed your boss's mind as well. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And uh, promoting that place, understanding and promoting that specific place is the is the mission, I would say. And of course, uh, growing food, uh, having an orchard, and uh, it's part of the project. It's, it's not just the place, but the people, it's uh, the people as well. You know, there's no, there's no without um, humans. Exactly, exactly. And, and wine is a beautiful uh, tool uh, to gather together people and humans and uh, talking about this, talking about life and what we feel and how we want to, to live and produce and, 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 and go on. Yeah, very well put. Okay, so let's talk about, um, you can just give, give us the sales pitch on all of the wines that you do, even the, the Vidicchio, the Lacrima, etc. Yes, uh, we, we focus since the beginning on local grapes. So Verdicchio as a white and Lacrima di Moro d'Alba as a red. As I said at the beginning, Verdicchio is a very versatile uh, grape, amazing the potential it is. And we try to investigate every single characteristic of Verdicchio, every single shade. Starting with our Serra 46, which is the address of the winery, Serra is hill, steep hill in, uh, in Marchigiano, in uh, the local uh, dialect. Serra 46, Serra 46 is our entry-level verdicchio, focusing on freshness and uh, an immediate but very pleasant uh, wine. Then we move uh, to Matto, our uh, Castelli di Iesi verdicchio superiore, vibrant, mineral, very vertical style. Uh, both of them sees no oak, only only stainless steel tanks. Um, then we come to our Dino, our Reserva, Dicchio Reserva. Uh, Dino is a wine named after uh, Alberto's father uh, that uh, somehow made all of this possible. Uh, Dino is our Reserva, uh, where we start adding uh, a small percentage of uh, oak-aged uh, Verdicchio. Exploring the longevity, the complexity, the depth that Dicchio can achieve. And then we are playing also with Amphoras, with our Cocho, which is an orange, uh, an orange uh, Verdicchio uh, that spent 12 months in, uh, in Amphora. Exploring, again, extra layers and extra aromas and extra flavors uh, that Verdicchio can have. So presumably, that, presumably that's a no-added, is that a no-added sulfites wine, that one then? Correct, correct. Spontaneous fermentation, uh, no added sulfide, unfiltered. We, step by step, uh, are going towards that direction, consciously uh, and cautiously, uh, lowering also the inputs in the during the winemaking process. So that's the idea. Uh, really uh, let Verdicchio and Lacrima express themselves in the most naked way possible. Talking about Lacrima and, and Verdicchio, we also produce two sparklings. Uh, one with Verdicchio, uh, Charmat method, and also a rosé sparkling with Lacrima. Uh, Lacrima di Moro d'Alba, uh, Lacrima means uh, tears, uh, tear, because of the, the little tears of juice that when the berry, uh, berries are uh, ripe, uh, they come through the skin. Uh, so our Lacrima, uh, it's, well, there are only 300 hectares planted of Lacrima in Lemarque, and Lacrima is planted only in Lemarque. We have eight of those hectares, 
Latima is a very, uh, to me, uh, which I'm, I, I was born in other regions, so I, I didn't grow up, uh, I didn't grow up in Lamarque. Latima is, is a very uh, fascinating, very charming uh, grape. So uh, fruity with those rose uh, aromas and with a very attractive, I would say, vitality, acidity and freshness, but with an interesting texture. So we are playing also with a different expression of lacrima, with a sparkling, as I said, and with two uh, steel, steel reds. Uh, one, uh, Diana is the lacrima DOC we produce, and also we have a superiore with a more aging, uh, in, um, in this case, in a mix of stainless steel tanks and oak fooders. And we also produce a, a rosé, a very interesting uh, steel uh, rosé with lacrima, again, with these fruity, uh, charming notes. Okay, can you give us a, um, two or three examples of local food that you would have with um, a couple of your wines? Just say maybe choose a couple of whites and a, and a red. Well, we at the winery, we do offer some uh, some tasting menus to pair with uh, with uh, with our wines, and I tasted them two, two nights ago. <laughs> so I, my memory is fresh. <laughs> and um, one amazing pairing was uh, the, with the Marque Rosato, with the rosé made with lacrima, paired with a um, kind of uh, soup of roasted tomato uh, with some uh, seafood juice. That was very, very pairing, uh, playing with the, with the smoothness and the minerality of both of both elements. And then we paired the, the cocho, the orange wine uh, we produce, with a roasted rabbit. And also that one was a very, very interesting. I, I, I'm suggesting unusual, unusual uh, pairings here, but because of course uh, a dry verdicchio uh, superiore like Mato really goes well with a, with all the seafood and the fish and the grilled fish you can uh, you can imagine. So these are all uh, pairings we can play with. Okay, one more. I was quite surprised to taste uh, our Ali, uh, the sparkling wine uh, based on, on Lacrima, drinking it uh, as an aperitif with cold cuts, with salami and cheese and uh, and some salty prosciutto. That was really an excellent uh, pairing as well. Yeah, it's on clay. I think it's on clay clay soil as well. So you probably have a nice little bit of um, backbone in there as well to cut through some of the. Correct. Correct. Uh, it's all clay, uh, calcareous clay, but uh, the backbone is there. Okay. Is there anything um, we've missed out? Is there anything you anything else you want to tell us about? Well, we we welcome everybody to visit us at Filo Divino, uh, our lodging activity in that beautiful place, and uh, we we really hope uh, that uh, we will have the chance to to to, to host more and more uh, people and customers to build. Uh, with time, a, a community based on wine and a solid principle of agroecological practices. So this is what uh, what how we are building our own uh, identity and our path in the wine world. Perfect. Okay, I just want to say thanks to my guest today, Matteo Achmed, who is the commercial manager or sales manager for Filo Divino in the Marque. It's a fascinating estate. Um, it's the estate, the kind of estate, what it's doing is def definitely ahead of its time and um, more will follow without um, any question, any shadow of a doubt. Keep up the good work. Thank you very much, Monty. It's been a big pleasure to be here and thank you everybody for listening. Great to talk to you. Thank you.
Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya FM, and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. Until next time, cin cin.